Yeah, baby. Um, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Welcome back to We're So Fucking Sorry. I'm Lucy, and that one is Sam, and today we're talking about walking to the hotel pool without any shoes on. <laughs> I I would like to know if this... Do, do you... Okay, this is probably a me prompt, because mm-hmm. I did a lot, like, for high school when I was traveling with Taekwondo and stuff, I did a lot of staying at hotels. And I did a lot of babysitting kids at hotels. <laughs> so I think Gross. this was a... Because have you... You don't, like, do many group travels, right? Like you're, you, we, no. We did, like, the high school trips and mm-hmm. stuff, but nobody was going down to the hotel pool during No, I don't think we stayed at any with hotel pools. Like, maybe Montreal, but, like... It's a very, like, Western thing, I think, to have a pool in your hotel. Yeah. Um, why is that i feel like i'm some places like they make the hotel the destination especially with like little kids and stuff Mm -hmm. um like ain't no businessman coming out here like when he travels for his business week to hit the fucking hotel pool hotel pool time i know like when we um whenever mom books a hotel she'll check to see if it has a hotel pool but here's the thing right like um hotel pools are kind of fucking grody uh-huh. <laughs> and first of all i can't believe you walk to the hotel pool without shoes no what? i think this is me going mad at the children for walking mm. to the hotel pool without shoes on that's how you get warts <laughs> they also would walk back without shoes on but their little feetsies would be wet so you'd see like little fucking footprints in the goddamn carpet because of course every hotel is carpet for some god-awful reason right and they're just like dripping and you like take them into the the elevator and they didn't dry off properly so they've got their like little like puddle (laughs) i have a theory "Ah." about why hotels have carpet instead of hardwood because the hardwood would get scratched marble 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 but you can like break marble marble fucking ceramics like, I don't know about, I don't know what kind of hotels you're visiting, but the hotels I go to are not classy enough to have marble floors. Bitch, I had a whole fucking motel era. You can't talk to me about classy-ass hotels. <laughs> motel era? I'm in my motel era. Don't talk to me. Because, <laughs> like, we would travel to go to see the, the family in Ontario or whatever, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't, like, we'd travel so late that there would be no, like, availability. So you'd have to, like, pull over to this fucking, the only motel in sight that has any rooms open because you're probably gonna get stabbed at reception. And (laughs) dad would be like, stay in the car and, like, lock the doors and shit like that. And you're like, I'm gonna have a great sleep tonight. We stay in a motel, but, like, on purpose. Like, we booked it ahead of time. But it was a nice motel. I bought an ostrich egg there one time. Right. What a weird place. <laughs> you know the motel I'm talking about. Yes. You absolutely course. do. And I didn't buy the ostrich egg. Soup did. Because she was traveling with you guys, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's an ostrich egg that's painted with a picture of the Titanic sinking on the front. Oh, yeah. I remember that egg. And I was like, your sister's gonna like this? And she was like, my sister's gonna love it. And guess what? She's gonna fucking love this. I'm pretty sure you really liked it. Do you still like Uh, it? Yeah, dude. It's like (laughs) one of my prized possessions. It's gorgeous. Because I remember as like a kid, we used to always go in there and they'd be all these beautifully painted like ostrich eggs because like they sell local crafts, right? 
in at the front desk and I was like I want one so bad and my mom was like why the fuck does this eight-year-old want an ostrich egg I don't know mom because it's fucking cool okay don't judge me it's excellent uh-huh. Uh, I feel like your mom understands now because you you see yeah. like really weird shit and you're like must have and her I'm... honestly her Christmas gifts are on so point. on point like every year I'm like I wonder what your mom's gonna give you for Christmas <laughs> and then I'm always like damn that's such a surprising and good gift I can't believe got... you sourced like where the fuck did you get that <laughs> yeah where the fuck did you get an entire dead fox <laughs> you can buy that uh, was no, it bought on the free. internet? Wait, what? No, she lives <laughs> in someone's garage. Oh, it was okay. a, a, a taxidermied fox that their brother had gotten them when they were a kid. And he had gotten it from somewhere. <laughs> and she didn't want it anymore. Like, this dead fox is older than me. Oh, shit. And now That's he hangs dope. out above my door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, snake He's skins a vibe. and shit? Oh, yeah. Any, um, Didn't all my like, mom's teeth? friends who, uh, they're my teeth. How do you get other teeth? No, I don't have any other human teeth. Oh. <laughs> okay. The human teeth are my teeth. I have animal teeth. You should do a tour of, like, your... I should. Wacky, quirky, uwu stuff. I don't know if you call it uwu stuff. <laughs> animal remains. I have two uh, moose legs in my freezer. Huh? They're wrapped in a garbage bag, too, so there's just this really ominous garbage bag in my freezer, and I'm like, if anybody sees this, they're gonna think I'm a serial killer, but it's just moose. space in your freezer for that? Well, it's just, like, the forelegs, mm-hmm. not, like, the thighs, Is you know? Is there meat attached to it, or did you, like... Well, no, forelegs are, like... Oh, no, it still has, like, fur and everything, but there's not a lot of meat on a foreleg. What you gonna do with it? Um, scan them. <laughs> Okay. And then I'm going to prepare the bones. We started off talking about hotel pools. I would like to <laughs> I would like to reiterate that. Now we're talking about the animal remains I have in my basement. <laughs> Where did we go wrong? Anyway, so when you like get into the hotel pool, it feels <laughs> so gross. <laughs> it's literally the grossest pool like you've ever been in in your entire life. There's a, I'm convinced they just don't clean those things. There's a um, resort in this province that I've never stayed at, but I've had people stay in it, therefore used their resources and stuff. They have a saltwater mm-hmm. pool, which is fucking awful, but honestly- I hate saltwater pools. That's ever, like, in terms of, like, hotel pool thing. But they also, like, yeah. have the ocean, because it's a resort. So I don't know who's yeah. using the saltwater pool where you could just we, go. Well, because the ocean's fucking cold. I'm the one doing that because I don't like the critters in the ocean. The idea of something like yeah. sticking to my leg, like a jellyfish <laughs> or something, fucking oh, never God. going into the ocean. Fucking seaweed when mm-hmm. it touch you. I don't want to step on a fish. Aww. That's my thing. I don't want to step on a fish. Like whenever we go to the lake here to swim, I like shuffle because I'm not trying to step on a fish or mm-hmm. a frog. Oh, do we have frogs uh-huh. back home? Oh my god, yeah. Every summer they they spawn in a pond or... like right by the um by the lake and uh I used to when I was running around um the uh trail every summer like every week I'd go back and they'd be a little bit bigger and I used to um p- poke them on their heads. <laughs> it's boba. 
No, Sam. Slurp. No, Sam. <laughs> I um, my grandma has a club that she goes to hotel a hotel pool with every day. They swim there. Is it like a nice pool, or is it like the pool the size of like your fucking bedroom, and then you can barely do laps? Like a, uh, smaller than our pool at home, but bigger than my bedroom. Like a medium-sized okay. pool. I'd say okay. it's a medium-sized pool. And um, she goes there every day with her ladies. They call themselves the Bobbin Head Girls because they bob up and down Aww, in the water. That's so cute. And afterwards, <laughs> they get breakfast at the hotel diner. And oh, I know all the exactly waitresses know about. them. Yeah. yeah, all the waitresses know them. And they have their orders ready when they go in. I want to be that cool when I grow up. Right? And sometimes, like, if it's my grandma's birthday or something, mom will call ahead and, like, pay for their breakfast. Oh, it's, it's so cute. cute. It's really um, cute. I have a story for you. Okay. I, I think we were, like, 16, 17, maybe a couple of them were 15, whatever. We were trying to be so fucking cool. I just remember, this is, like, a memory that I have specifically. We used to, like, fuck around in the hotel lobbies and, like, hallways and stuff, but respectfully. And I was there, I was always, like... There's people here. Don't make enough no like. Don't make a lot of noise, or I'll send you back to your room. Because I was always the oldest one, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, "No." They'd be like fourteen. They'd be like, "Don't send me back to my room. It's so boring. I don't want to hang out with my mom." And I'm like, "All right, then behave." Um, so we were in <laughs> the pool area, and then we were, we got this idea. It was like a couple of us from our team, and then a couple of like guys from um, like other teams from the same province. Um, so not mm-hmm. our club, but somebody else's club, and we're all around the same age, so, like, we hang out or whatever. And we're like, you know, it'd be so cool if we hung out in the hot tub. <laughs> but we're, like, age range, 14 to, like, 17. So these kids are, I'm, like, sitting in the hot tub, I'm like, hey, please stop swimming in the hot tub. Please stop, <laughs> like, dunking your head in the middle of the hot tub. You're making us look weird. And then they would do this thing where they were like, I bet you can't go from the hot tub to the regular pool where it's really cold and then come back mm-hmm. to the hot tub and like they do it like six times in a row and they're like i'm feeling woozy and i'm like go sit on the deck <laughs> you can't you can't get that shit you're shocking also, your body like, hot tubs are three times as grody as hotel pools are oh 100 percent. they're like the grodiest thing you've ever stepped foot in mm-hmm. and these guys are like trying to show up so they like do a flip into the pool <laughs> and then i'd be like hey don't do a flip into the pool there's pool rules we're not supposed to do pool that rules well, even though like, at rules. a at a hotel pool there's never anybody there to tell you off oh no they don't have lifeguards like i don't know no. how, how that's safe it's like how are they going to enforce the rules if there's nobody there to enforce them you feel me yeah but i mean like the rules are there because the pool is like two feet fucking deep and if you try to yeah. dive into that pool you're gonna bonk your goddamn head and if you bonk your head, you're probably going to get fucking tetanus or Ebola or something from whatever's in the pool. I'm not going to dive in to save you. If you're under <laughs> my watch and you break one of my rules, them's fucking natural selection, boy. Them's like, the breaks. Them's the fucking breaks. Them's I'll tell your mom what happened and she'll break. probably go, yeah, he's fucking stupid. <laughs> okay, like, can we talk about, because hmm? um, you mentioned it like trying to show off, right? Mm-hmm. Like... The what is with the tension between you and and other people your age in public places? <laughs> You're immediately aware of each other. It's like 
honed in, especially like when you were a teenager. I think teens are just horny. That's it. They're like, oh, somebody my age, I must show them that I am the coolest so that maybe they want to kiss me. I think there was a lot with um, with this like little group we had because we were technically like all competitors. Um, sometimes mm. there wouldn't be like more women in my weight class or something. So they'd be like, hey, mm-hmm. you want to fight this guy that's also the same weight as you? And I'm like, what odds? Like, it doesn't yeah, make no difference to me. Yeah. Um, so like to an extent we were we were like on the same team because it was mm-hmm. a provincial team but we were also like competing against each other so there was like already a predetermined competitiveness especially yeah. between the boys oh my god the stupid shit the boys would do <laughs> especially because they were both trying to impress my fucking partner who was mm-hmm. like anyway it's uh, me like literally a year older than them but feeling like 20 fucking years older than them watching this <laughs> shit go down we we as a group watched suicide squad in theaters three times oh god why i have no fuck the, the movies something that, i do like the third day like third time we went there they weren't even watching the movie and i'm like why the fuck am i here why do i have to chaperone you motherfuckers I want to, like, go home and do nothing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about that. (laughs) Big feelings. Yeah. And then there would be, like, so we would take the team to the pool, and I would have, like, four five-year-olds hanging off my arms trying to fucking drown me because I'm, like, chaperoning right and the parents are the like sitting only on the only one side. properly watching the kids yeah the parents are on the side and they're like here's take my baby so now i'm holding a fucking two-year-old while these five-year-olds are trying to drown me <laughs> dear god that, yeah. okay that's also what i hate when you are um a a a, a teenage girl in any social situation uh everyone hands you their kids oh like, i'm so reunion you have a million kids hanging off of you. They just assume you're going to be the one to watch your baby. It's like, no, dude, watch your own damn baby. <laughs> I didn't come to this family reunion to uh, uh, take care of your kids that you haven't taught discipline to yet and don't know how to listen. That is one good thing about the like Taekwondo dynamic uh, was they respected me because I was a black belt and a person of mm. authority, like, more than their parents. They'll, like, talk back to their parents, and I'm like, why they wouldn't talk you back put to up you. To yeah, because I'm like, shut up, sit down, and then they'll do it. <laughs> I Obviously not they're like great. that, but, like, if they're, if they're, like, asking their parents for candy, they'd be like, please, mom, please, 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 and I would not put up with that shit. I'd be like, no, nope, not allowed, not in my house. Um, I didn't like taking care of the kids, obviously. I was, like, a teenager, and I was, like, I'd rather do mm-hmm. literally anything else. But because the kids would listen to me, and the parents knew that the kids would be well taken care of with me, I always had, like, on these trips, I just had a gaggle of children around me at all times. <laughs> you were the mom squad. The rule was, you can be near me, but, like don't act up basically so like Uh i remember i would before my competitions i'd have to like get in the zone and i'd have to like be quiet and like kind of tune out or whatever and kids would want to like hang out with me 
they're, they're trying to like run around the fucking gym and like be energetic and stuff and i'm like you can be in my area but you have to sit quietly with me and then i remember uh it started with this one kid he was like hey can i hang out and i was like what does that mean and he's like oh i just want to like hang out with you and i was like okay i'm sitting here and listening to music do you want to sit here and listen to music as well so we did that and then like two other kids joined and then it was just like the parents were like, how does she do that? <laughs> how are my children right now sitting down and being calm? Right? I just think I, that's so funny. <laughs> I think also a big part of it, like, as much as I... I don't mind so much, like, looking after kids now, but as a teen, I was like, what, what like, you know, I was fucking mad about it. I was like, so uh, the, uh, fucking this is sexism I, we have plenty of like other cousins here who could take care of the kids but because i'm the teenage girl i have also like i don't know if this ever happened to you where you had a boyfriend and then you're at their house or something and their your boyfriend has a cousin or a friend who has a baby the way the mom will hand you the baby like it's a test <laughs> it's so all eyes are on you you're holding that baby and you know they're just like sussing you out it's like motherfucker I, we are literally 16 i am not having a baby with this dude you can come <laughs> the fuck down what is that what is that i've never if, been in that position uh, thank god it's um, the worst because my ex's family was all quite young and then in my t internal family i'm the youngest except now there's like my cousins are having kids but i haven't seen my cousins in like 10 years so i've never met these children before uh, <laughs> thank god because i would not be the person that's like hanging out with babies because i barely want to be at the family gathering oh, myself it is <laughs> the worst dude i, I honestly to... hmm? go ahead uh the best the best family gatherings ever uh, got was when my grandma would pick me up from university and bring me. She would use me as an excuse to ditch early, and then we would ditch the family gathering and yes. go to the Simplex and watch movies. I used to hang out with my nan in the kitchen away from everyone else, and she would oh, yeah. sneak me ice cream sandwiches. And mm -hmm. I used to work the crowd because I, I would like hang out with my Nana and then I would like go like talk to my parents or something. And then an uncle would be like, hey, you want an ice cream sandwich? Knowing full well that I just had one like five minutes ago. I'd be like, yeah. yeah. And then I'd yeah, be I like, do. oh, can I have another one? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Go for it. There's like a pack of like 50 ice cream sandwiches and there's only like four kids anyway. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you just eat like seven ice cream sandwiches in a day. Oh, and your mom's God, like, yeah. why are you so hyper? And you're like. <laughs> no I'm reason. having a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I um I I don't mind uh what was I gonna say? Yeah, I don't mind so much looking after kids anymore. Like because usually it's my choice. <laughs> They're not just dropped on me. Like at karate, um if I see a kid is like you know, maybe he's doing something he's not supposed to. I'll be like, hey, bud, you want to come stretch with me? Thank you for helping me stretch. What did you do in school today? Oh, that sounds really cool. But tell me about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's easier. Um, and I think part of the reason why, you know, the kid will stop misbehaving is because you're you're engaging with them then, and you're not just being like, don't do that. Well, I'm yes. mad at you. So, <laughs> I... I 
I was like the more mature, that's the mature uh, mm. instructor. I didn't want to like deal with the overall children energy like I could if I needed to, but I was definitely yeah. not better suited for that. Like my, my Taekwondo partner, she was very much the fun, uh, the fun instructor that you'd like have all i don't know how she put up with like the kids and their energy and their rambunctiousness but yeah i was the more serious instructor um which meant that i dealt with a lot of the more uh more problem air quotes kids they weren't problem kids it was like the neurodivergent kids it was the kids that had too much energy yeah i I wonder why (laughs) but um (laughs) it's almost like interesting yeah it's crazy Hmm. um but the best way to deal with them is to get up right in their face so they have to look at you and then Uh like just talk to them like that's how you deal with kids like that the kids that like are making up uh, a ruckus in class because they're not focused get them to focus on you get them yeah they need that one-on-one attention sometimes you have to move their arms because they're not focused and then they start doing the thing and you're like i know you know how to do the thing and like we both know what's going on here um if you don't want to do it we can go to the back of class and like i don't know do some kicks or something i had a kid that really hated blocks like he you could not make him do blocks um it just wasn't stimulating enough for him Mm -hmm. so i'd make him blocks are boring the blocks can be really tough for kids to learn um, so I made him do kicks and then at the end of the kick, I'd make him do a block and he loved it. And I there knew you he go. knew how to do his blocks. Like I, I wasn't there being like, all right, do you know what this is? It was just like, I need you to practice. Like <laughs> just practice Give yourself with me. a little. Also like combos are always more exciting than just exactly. straight up. Like just one block or one kick. I gotta say, I have three of your students in my karate class now and they're wicked. That, that I'm assuming you're talking about the whole family. Yeah, 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 yeah. That family has always been super, super respectful. They've always Mm -hmm. been very, um, honestly, the kids are really different. I had them when they were younger, like ages four and five. And the Mm -hmm. respect that they had for authority figures at that point was like never seen before. The kids were like way older than they actually were. But I was allowing them to be children. Like that was one thing that I wanted them to do best they're really good at taekwondo i'm sure they're gonna be great in karate i'm I'm so excited um, for them (laughs) they they're all like having that taekwondo um base is like really helping them but the youngest especially i introduced hips like how to punch um you know and use like hip connection and stuff like that and he was the first one to catch on like they're, they're really good like they're really smart um I, I you don't usually teach young children technique because there's no mm-hmm. point they were like learning fighting technique like this kid yeah. was like four and i'm like damn if you had like the resources you could be really good uh the, right? the dad is super willing to help out he's like very involved in everything like these kids doing and stuff uh he's re- very respectful of the the teacher's opinions and stuff so mm-hmm. he like genuinely takes feedback and that's it's so good it yeah it slaps i i love them you you uh uh what was i gonna say brain i don't know you have good students they will be great role models for your club and i hope that uh they can strengthen your your community that is forming i was gonna say i was gonna say something before we got into this conversation 
I don't remember. I, th- I thought saying that might re- remind me what I was going to say. <laughs> I do that too, where I'm like, if I just start the sentence, maybe I'll finish it, and I never do. It was it was building off the the kid in the back of the class that you just like take out. There was also like we had a couple of girls, young girls that had had anxiety issues, and mm. I also had an anxiety issue, and I worked through that through Taekwondo. Like I made a lot of progress. Yeah. Oh my god. If I didn't have Taekwondo, I don't know where I would be. Um, so I was kind of like the resident expert. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. When I teach, I specific, uh, there are one or two girls in my class. I'm like, oh, honey, you wait 10 years, you're going to have a laundry list of diagnoses. <laughs> you're oh, no. like not making eye contact, really quiet, doesn't want to speak out of turn. I'm like, so when I teach them. I specifically design confidence building into the class Mm. just to give them a little nudge, you know, to build that confidence. And it's worked. Like one of my students, she, um, she speaks up a lot more now and, um, it's, it's, it's very fulfilling to see that. Yeah. My, my methodology with kids like that was always, not to push them because obviously you've got these adults that are always pushing you you're in school mm-hmm. you're not you're not speaking i, I had a mute uh, a mute child by choice kind of by choice but not by was capable of speech couldn't speak selectively so it, mute yeah it, it wasn't like she was choosing not to speak it was very much like a, a response she couldn't just like speak when she wanted to but she had the ability to speak mm-hmm. not like uh didn't learn how to speak type thing um yeah, so working with her was really hard. She did, like, nods and stuff, so yes, no nods, and that was, like, big progress because she used to just not communicate. And then yeah. as the years passed, she started talking to me, which is kind of crazy. And, Aww. like, I, I was talking to her mom, and she was like, wait, she never talks to people outside the family. Like, that's crazy. So it's nice to see, like, that kind of development. Mm-hmm. The thing I was thinking about before when I was thinking about the kids was – like I said, I'm not the fun instructor. I'm the serious instructor. And that works well for me because, um, like, I can make children stop crying very fast, which apparently is a thing. Um, but one time I was the fun instructor. I was like, these kids have too much energy. They're not listening to me. I'm going to do this so that they can go home and, like, sleep well. I was like, I want you to key up, which is yelling when mm-hmm. you kick, as loud as you can. Mm-hmm. And I had this line going batshit fucking crazy <laughs> like they would kick the the shield and then for the next five seconds they were still standing there going ah! <laughs> and the parents were looking at me they were like what is happening over there and I'm, i like looked at them i'm like you'll thank me later mm-hmm, absolutely maybe five I, uh... minutes totally calm because they were all exhausted oh, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta get the like um uh we had a student last class who i could tell was really antsy he was like walking off the floor and like picking at the kick shields and stuff Mm. and he kept asking to do a race that we did the last class and i was like no you know like we got to teach this but um after we did our cool down stretches i was like okay we're gonna do the race (laughs) and uh i think uh that sort of uh, wore his energy out in the end. Um, yeah, it's I think a... it's just about like being receptive to like what your students actually need. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, for like building confidence and stuff, it's it's not, you're right, it's not about pushing them. It's about um, giving them the space to make those decisions on their own. Yeah, I like, there's a, there's a weird balance between, I, I love how this episode became just us talking about being instructors and it's like an actual topic. <laughs> Um, there's a weird space between respect in the dojang or dojo, um, mm-hmm. because it is a very serious, like martial arts has that like hierarchy and like the seriousness to it. And then also just letting kids be kids. Like you can't yeah. expect a child to always be like 100% disciplined, especially in a place of like exercise and energy. Like sometimes you just got to let the kids run around. Now, you don't have to let them run around fucking crazy. Like they don't have to be monkeys on the walls. But if you want to <laughs> go, I want to see how fast you can sprint. And then they'll go, woo. <laughs> And now they're tired. Like, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to, like, run with them. Be like, wow, that was great. Can you do that again? Like, you were so fast, I missed it. And then you're like, okay. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going back to the the respectful whatever teacher, I think I had a lot of respect from these kids because I would, like, listen to them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the ability to teach like 20 like four-year-olds at the same time but i did like to interact with kids one-on-one so i was the person to go to when a kid was crying uh because i was i did like your sister also did this and it was like a great lesson to learn just distract the kid from whatever they're upset oh about. yeah um the soup at the pool because she's a lifeguard <laughs> they would like come up to her and be like i hurt my finger and then she'd be like why'd you do that They'd be like, I didn't do, it wasn't on purpose. And now they're angry instead of upset about the thing, (laughs) which I think is so funny. It's Um, so funny. I would do things like distract them with like, okay, because they would get frustrated with themselves or whatever. And like, I can't do the kick or my foot hurts. And I'm like, all right, you want to go do some blocks or something? You want to like sit here and hang out for a minute? The power of sitting next to a black belt. I don't know what, (laughs) they love that shit. They're, They're like, I'm special. Yeah, the black, belt, the black belt noticed me. There was a, a, I think he was autistic. Definitely a neurodivergent kid. He mm-hmm. punched something and he hurt his knuckles, and mm-hmm. he was like, "I want to quit taekwondo. I can't do it. I never again." Right? And I went, "Hey, I know that's rough. I've got taekwondo gloves. That keeps me safe." And he was like, oh, "That's so cool." And I was like, "Hey, you want to come back with me to the line?" You can wear my gloves. And his eyes lit up. These he's like the tight like very tiny. These gloves are like size large. Do not Aww. fit him at all. My heart. <laughs> and he's like he was instantly stopped crying. He looked at these gloves like they were made of gold and he was like back into the line or whatever. A couple of months later, he, he runs up to me and his mom's like standing behind me. He's wearing his own gloves and he's so excited to show me his little like taekwondo gloves. So fucking cute! Uh, yeah, that's one of the my favorite stories from like taekwondo. I use that in interviews. They're like, how do you deal with conflict? And I'm like, let me tell you about this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it's great. Yeah, I love that. There's some really good things that I miss about taekwondo. I wish I could. I, I don't have like a a club right now so that really sucks <laughs> i get you dude it's it's hard like especially i don't know if like what taekwondo is like but uh um like if there's like really strong like affiliations um no, i mean like you can see it that my students are still talking about taekwondo even though they're in karate 
But like uh, from different styles of Taekwondo, because like for us, there's like, we're part of the IKD, there's the ISKF, there's the um, JKA, I think. And there's like genuine rivalry, especially Mm -hmm. on the internet. People are like, the fucking IKD is just a goddamn McDojo. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. McDojo. Yeah. McDojos are absolutely a real thing where, like, posers, uh, um, you know, pretend to teach you martial arts, but it's just a whole bunch of nonsense. Um, And I would like to reiterate, we are not a McDojo. No, definitely not. (laughs) But I hate people who... I hate people who take that attitude because you can learn something from every different um, like style, even within like karate. Like you can learn stuff because there are small differences, right? It's not mm-hmm. just like a different association. Like they do things a little bit differently. And I think if you don't um, stay open to the possibilities of what another affiliation can teach you, then you're a dumbass. There's so much politics in Taekwondo for no I hate reason. politics. Um, I've, one of the reasons I don't have a club right now is because all of the close accessible clubs are ITF, which is International yeah. Taekwondo Federation. Mm-hmm. I'm WTF, which is World Taekwondo Federation. And that would be sacrilegious for me to practice um, ITF. Like, to the point where I think there's some things where I could, like, lose my status in WTF because of cross-training, which is so stupid. Like, I don't care. That is so dumb. Um, But, yeah. the You can definitely tell. I call them money dojos. You can tell Mm -hmm. when a black belt comes from a money dojo because they do not train. Like, they don't have the skills of a black belt. I've gone to many competitions and, like, had to disqualify myself from fights because i'm like this is a blue belt and i'm they're gonna get you're hurt. gonna hurt them yeah i i'm yeah. a headhunter in taekwondo i do a lot of headshots and stuff like that i i didn't really disqualify but i'd like i don't want to fight this girl like she's clearly not I, it only happened a couple times usually it was like form and other things that you see um mm-hmm. and you can just tell that they just they maybe spent a year training and then got their black belt and you're like Shh. we had a couple in our actual club like they transferred or they moved and they came to our club and my my master took away their belt and put them at the status they actually were and usually that really pisses them off at first but then when they actually like develop their skills and become the belt that they're supposed to be um it always works out better yeah like they and- had a red belt that go- went back to like a green belt and he was pissed pissed <laughs> yeah and you would be cuz like in their head they think it, like, it's not their fault because they've been pushed through. So they think that they have the skills necessary and they don't know until they come face to face with, like, like they have to fight another black belt and they get their ass beat. Mm-hmm. It, it is a good thing that, like, the club can be very real about it. Like, we had him fight another red belt and we talked to our red belt and was like, hey, we're just trying to, like, prove a point here. We don't need you to like hurt this kid <laughs> don't but, kill him <laughs> but but basically make it so he can't get a point on you and then it's very clear when that happens when you can't score a singular point that you're not at that level and that mm-hmm. that like humbles you <laughs> but then you like it's not just like about humbling them it's about being like we'll get you there you just need to like 
take a couple yeah, steps back. Because like it's not there is no shame in it. Mm-hmm. Because you're there to work on. You're there to work on it. Honestly, a really good lesson like about being a poser and uh, understanding your limits and like where you stand. <laughs> to be honest, great lesson. Good lesson. I feel yeah. like don't fake it till you make it. Yeah, not in, this, not in this case where you can get injured. Yeah, that's um, that's a good way to uh, get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real good way. <laughs> uh, but um, God, what was I gonna say? I don't even remember. I started the sentence and uh, didn't finish it. <laughs> Tell me about your club now that you've had like a week or so of classes. It's exciting. Um, what's most exciting is that half of our students are the parents of the kids that are enrolled. Mm, yeah. So we, we have like that. whole families training together and it is, we have um, a set of students, it's two kids, their mom and her dad. Oh, that's so cute. We train together and it's <laughs> fucking adorable. Uh, I had a lot of issues with parents on the sidelines being Mm -hmm. like a 16 year old and being a a figure of authority and having the parents literally on the floor uh they would say things to me sometimes there was there was an issue they'd undermine yeah i'd have to go get my master and then my master would be like no she's right you need to leave like he's kicked out parents for Mm -hmm. trying to like shadow their kids and stuff or like just being disruptive on the sidelines Um, yeah i noticed that as well we did have like one little instance incident where we had like a parent on the side who was like the other leg no the other leg <laughs> and i'm like yeah we'll figure it out chill this, this isn't hockey where you can yell from the fucking sidelines shoot you, you like <laughs> need to shut up or you will lose privileges of watching the kids yeah um especially uh... if you're undermining uh a black belt because they're a, like, Don't do they're that a teenager shit. yeah and then you have to get your fucking master to get them to fuck off oh my god that shit pissed me off so much honestly we uh we i don't think we're gonna have many issues with um the parents and the students we have because you know sometimes you get a uh somebody in your class and you're like "Ooh, you're gonna (laughs) be an issue aren't you and not just like in a this kid is neuro spicy way because those kids aren't like they have they're um, disruptive, but it's not a problem usually. No, they're not a problem. They're not like vindictive or like an asshole. Mm. I, oh man, I remember there used to be this kid back when I was a kid, and I would train. And when we used to do um, wrist holds, right to mm. to practice breaking away, he would purposefully squeeze my wrist as hard as he could, and he would like have this look and like he was looking at me like he was expecting me to get upset and I just would never give him that satisfaction mm. um fucking hated that kid there's there's been a couple works. of times where you, you like get a new kid coming into the class and you're like what where is this behavior coming from and then you like right? talk to the parents and you're like and you're like ah oh <laughs> there it is um, that's why it's, it's yeah. nice to have the parents participating in taekwondo or in karate or in taekwondo like with their kids because they get that perspective and it models that good behavior oh mm-hmm. mom is paying attention to sensei and doing um you know uh the exercises so i'm gonna do that too 
oh, sometimes I've had kids that were better behaved than the parents. And like, (laughs) especially, like I said, there's always a dynamic when you're 16 and you're a black belt and you're trying to tell an adult man something to do and they're not going to listen to you because what's this 16 year old fucking girl trying to tell me to do? And you're like, all right. Um, That that was always really fun to deal with. I I luckily didn't (laughs) have too many of those. But then you also use like this like parent and then you look at the kid and like the parents not respecting you, so the kids also not respecting you, and you're like, ah, I can't wait till you're a yellow belt, <laughs> and then you <laughs> finally fucking listen to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's a whole ordeal. No, but I've been enjoying it. I, um, so far I've just been like laying the groundwork to um, teach them their first kata. Like, here's the thing. We have a shit ton of white belts, so it's going to be a lot of learning the basics, which I understand can be really fucking boring. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find ways to make it engaging um, in a way that's not childish for the adult white belt as well. Usually, it, it depends on what adult white belts you have, because that was my line. I always took a, uh, uh, the adult's line, because obviously I don't want to deal with the kids, but I always found it more engaging. Um, mm-hmm. if you can obviously work on them like individual level that's always going to be the way to do it but usually it's for them it's going to be like technique perfection as well yeah. as a lot of my adults had limitations like oh my hips don't rotate that way and I'm like alright yes. how do we adapt this so that you can actually do it so for the because I had a couple like very fit like used to do judo hot shit like young men that were like all right i don't need to be in this old person line like i should be in the black belt line and i'm like shut up you're a white belt yeah um, literally shut the fuck up <laughs> those those guys you definitely have to be like um your foot is like two degrees off fix it um and they'll like be more receptive to that because they're mm-hmm. like this line is so boring i've been doing this kick forever and i'm like yeah and you still suck at it <laughs> yeah so like what the fuck yeah. i used all oh, i used to get so pissed when I was younger and okay when I was younger I didn't want to do karate I was like I I just want to like lie in bed and Mm. um like fucking read fan fiction or whatever um (laughs) but I had this sensei who was like Lucy your front foot is turned don't don't turn don't turn your front foot before you move and oh I was so at him because he'd be like every two seconds he'd be like your front foot your front foot your front mm. foot and i'm like i'll put my fucking front foot up your ass in a second <laughs> and now he's my student so how the tables have tabled <laughs> yeah. uh there's been like a couple students that i clearly didn't get along with and you you don't need to force it like you know understand that my teaching style and your learning style isn't great together and you move on but oh, i'm yeah. pretty good about that um i think i don't no, know we get as along the students. now but <laughs> as a kid as a teenager i was like why are you fucking telling me to do something every two seconds i don't want to be here <laughs> oh i was such a, a lazy kid i was i picked goalie in soccer so i didn't have to run as much me? i used to sit on the pitch <laughs> <laughs> I used to, but here's the issue. Then I would get hit in the face with the soccer ball, so mm-hmm. I didn't have a good time either way. Yeah, one of the, there was like three lessons, major lessons that I had to learn in Taekwondo. One of them was like 
how to actually motivate yourself to do something. Mm Because, like, my coach would push me, and then I'd be like, "Mm, no. And he was like, but you have so much Uh, potential. And I was like, I don't care. (laughs) And then the anxiety. My potential. Well, that's the thing is you you were the gifted burnout kid, and like, oh, you've always been told I don't want to be gifted anymore. (laughs) And I just want to sit on the floor. Let me nap. I don't want to be good. <laughs> Let me be awful. Mm-hmm. And then you'd like, no, you'd come up to the pad and half-ass the kick and they're like, we know you can do better than that. And I'm like, I know you know that I can do better than that. That doesn't mean I want to do better than that. My thing is, if I have an audience, like if there are lots of different people in a karate class, I will always perform to my like 110% because um, I want them to like me and I want them to think I'm very cool. And and it's always been that way. If I'm being watched, I will do the best I've ever done in my entire life against my will. Mm. Like I, um, our very first karate class with the, uh, with all the students, I pushed myself so hard I almost threw up. (laughs) Yep. because i was like yeah gotta like me they gotta know i'm good at what i do i gotta be the best it's also like a weird dynamic of especially as a kid black belts have so much power that you look yeah. at a black belt and they're untouchable type thing mm-hmm. um and then you actually like as a black belt you look around at the other black belts and you're like man i can't even like run for a minute straight right it's like i can't even like i am so out of shape yeah (laughs) like Like, i do karate but i'm gonna be panting like a motherfucker the entire time there was a reason why my master always used to stand there and watch us do oh yeah (laughs) instead of participating yeah yeah um but for me it was definitely being put into a position of a like not authority but like because i don't really care about having the power it's being looked up to and being a role model that got me to put my shit together and like actually care about taekwondo because like there was children that looked at me and they were like yeah this is this is what i have to be so if i was a slacker then i was giving a bad impression type thing like i used to sit up straight and people would notice that did um I would never sit up straight. <laughs> did you have to plan the classes or did your master like be like okay take them over here and run them through this drill? Uh we planned the classes. Uh, okay, especially cool. it started off because it was our our club transitioned from our master was the only black belt to there was some higher belts versus lower belts. So you started helping out. So like you would do he would say all right i want you to work on this drill and then you would like lead the charge and then near Mm -hmm. the end it was very much just like i'm teaching class today (laughs) here's what we're doing i find i don't know about you but i found like as soon as i started teaching class i um like i became more connected with karate because i'm like looking into like how to teach someone how to do things and like all the little finicky bits that i've you know that are just like mm-hmm. subconscious for me over the years and like looking at the history and the philosophy and like uh, uh fucking uh, ha- body mechanics you know so well, i found that's yeah. really cool it definitely helped me with like fighting different opponents because i I'm, I'm i know my build i know my strengths and weaknesses like fighting for myself is really easy but then you take like a 200 pound man 
and they're like, you have to teach this guy how to fight. I'm not going to tell him to be like quick and evasive. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. him to use his power and stuff like that. So that was good for me because I got to see from another perspective. And then when I would fight powerful people, I knew what they were thinking type thing. Yeah. Um, which was really good. I like that you changed the name of the title to doing martial arts in the hotel pool. <laughs> I think it's so fun. That's we got to use that because we started off talking about the hotel pool and here we are. I used to do that. I used to make the kids do their forms or their puse <laughs> in the fucking pool. And it was always great because they'd like splash training. the water. Yeah. So I'd be like, wow, do a drop kick. And then they'd like have to like. Hi-ya. Their neck is barely out of the water. So them doing a drop kick in the water is like really hard to do. And then they would do it over and over again, and then they would, like, go back to their hotel room and be knocked the fuck out. And yeah. the parents would be like, what did you do? And I'm like, we did Taekwondo. <laughs> In the pool? Yes. In the pool. I did, I, um, one summer I did, like, a couple of our kata in the, in the lake. Because mm. I, I was like, I wonder what it feels like. And that shit's hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's hard. <sighs> It, it just adds, especially, there was one time that I did it, like, with soaked clothes. Like, it wasn't, like, a bathing mm. suit. And mm-hmm. that, getting, like, a sleeve out of the water <laughs> when oh, it's, God. like, stopping. Yeah, no, that was hard. The first of all, that sounds like bad touch. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I hate wet fabric. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, but Taekwondo it's was like, my personality. That's all I had. Ew. Ew. I'm not that ew. person anymore. <laughs> uh, I, you have any obsessions of the week? Uh, nope. Just, uh, just karate. That's all it. Right. Let's keep talking about this, because I don't think I have one either. <laughs> I, um, maybe... Um... I... Nope. That, yeah, that's it. That's been my hyper-focus. Uh, karate yeah that's fair. yeah planning uh, class doing admin i'm really excited for my students to be a part of your course because I, I feel like there's something in taekwondo that's really lacking in terms of actual like self-defense and um like i said like you mentioned earlier the politics that keep you very like grounded to one style i'm really mm-hmm. excited for them to explore and learn more about karate uh that because taekwondo could never provide that for them i think the adult is going to be very very good for your class <laughs> um especially hey, i can see that managing all of the white belts like very yeah always been very helpful in my class I, I liked having him around and then his kids will be great for setting uh examples and they're very helpful and uh, i remember other kids talking to them and then them teaching and i'm like oh my god you're doing my job for me thank you (laughs) like you monitor it a little bit because you don't want them to be teaching like the wrong thing but they have that mentorship already you're like damn all right can't wait for you to be a blue belt (laughs) plus it's like there's always that um that's the nice thing about training in a dojo is that you can um look at other at how other people are doing things and like you can have that collaborative aspect where Mm. um I know, especially like during our black belt class, all like I might like I've known this technique forever, but I'm not getting that same snappiness that soup is getting. And I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, what is like, what am I missing here? And she's like, oh, turn your foot <laughs> and I'll do that. And all of a sudden it clicks a lot better because sometimes you miss those little 
um, the connection bits, especially after like not training for so long, you feel me? Um, oh, yeah. So that's what I like about the dojo is that you ha- you can riff off of each other. Well, one thing I like to do, and this was really weird because, you know, black belt is law. Um, I would do, I would join the line and do kicks and stuff. And I would have my students tell me what I'm doing wrong. Uh, one, because doing things and watching someone do things is a totally different thing. So there'd be mm-hmm. times where I like didn't have my hands up. And then they'd go, ah, I know you tell me to put my hands up every time I'm in the line and you're not putting your hands up. Ah, ah. And then I'm like, yeah, ah, you got me. Ah. That's, that's a, absolutely a good way to do it because there's a difference between, um, I used to do that when I was learning history, actually, that I found oh. the best way to study for history was to teach. Oh, 100%. History that's, to suit. how I do anything. That's how I learned anything is I, so I tutor it. So if, if you have the kids correcting you, then they're quote unquote teaching you, you know, and that makes that connection. It solidifies it in their brain. Well, I would do that with the kids line because usually the adults were a lot pickier. In the kids line, I'd do something mm-hmm. really wrong and then they would go, Miss Sam, that's not right. You didn't do this. <laughs> and I was like oh my goodness, how could I forget? And then, like, I'd do it right, and then that's good learning from them. Yeah. Right, for them, because they would remember that mistake. Uh, another thing do, I liked... Oh, go ahead. Do they call you sensei? No. It, it's miss and then last name. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Which is really funny, because I was like, my nana is not here. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> uh, but I got really It's not them. I. Yeah. Uh, another yeah, thing that fair. I really like doing with students is giving them a, an opportunity to show off. There's a lot of kids that just need attention. You oh, could, absolutely. You're, you're a black belt. You know what you're doing. You could demonstrate the technique a hundred times over. But guess what? Hey, green belt, I need you to show the white belts what's going on. And they are oh, beaming. Yeah. It's like the most basic fucking kick or whatever. And then they're like... I'm so cool. <laughs> I I remember because that specifically that trick specifically worked on me really well <laughs> yeah. during um during like clinics. Master uh, Wunotai would like he'd pick me out because mm. I was bossy <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger. Especially I remember I, I was like a orange belt and uh, uh, we were doing like a group uh, drill, a drill in groups, and I was. I was like, no, you have to do this. No, do this. <laughs> you know, like, because, um, you know, it's hard to remember the moves sometimes. And he was like, you, the bossy one. <laughs> here. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes what we would do as well is if we knew a kid had like an issue and we wanted to work on it and like maybe they knew how to do it and they would ignore it. We'd make them demonstrate and then we would correct them like while they were demonstrating and then they have to listen to you because yeah. there's people watching and if you don't listen to the the instructor they'll make you do the the demonstration again and again and now it's 10 minutes and you're still standing there just do the fucking oh, yeah. correction <laughs> absolutely i am um, just uh just another uh, f- oh i gotta sneeze hold on bless you <laughs> thanks I have a candle in. lit and it and it's making my <laughs> my nose itchy. Um but uh Master of Wonotai, um, you know, I've known like he used to come in and test us like since I was eight. Um 
it like it's it's bizarre because his grandson is now famous Ooh. because his grandson is Defero Bunatai, who who acts on Res Dogs, I think, I which is a really big show this. right now. Yeah, that's cool. And so my friend was like, "Oh yeah, I'm watching this show, Res Dogs." I'm like, "Oh, that's Master Bunatai's uh, uh, grandson." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know that Fun guy. fact." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know DeFaro, but no. I like Master Wunatai. He's he's been coming here since forever. Every time he comes in, he's like, I don't care if it's four in the morning. If the northern lights are out, I wanna see him. Wake me up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Which um, is valid. Yeah, that's that's a great little story. Uh I think we should wrap at this is there anything else you wanna say quickly about uh... this topic? No, I was gonna think of yeah. I was gonna think of like a funny word to say, like when you were like, "Is there anything else you want to say?" Then I immediately forgot all of the words String in the English language. Cheese, Got string em. cheese. Um, do you have any? Okay, I, I will ask one more thing. If you had to give any advice to your white belts right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this episode for them. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> no, I would. That would hurt me no. more than it would hurt you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you had any advice for your your white belt starting out, what do you think would be the most important thing? Don't be afraid to be bad at it. Hmm. Yeah, don't be afraid to be bad at it. I thought you were going to go on a little bit longer, but I guess you're just nope. going to say that once. Okay. Short and sweet. Thanks so much for listening to this, I don't know if it was relevant or not, episode of We're So Fucking Sorry. You can find us both on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Twitch.tv slash I'm Sorry Lucille. You can also twet us at fkn underscore sorry. We've been twetting. Oh my god. If you want us to give you some relationship advice in an upcoming episode, oh. uh, tweet us your questions or your problems that you need advice for. Yeah, we're going to be doing a little dranky drank and we're going to be helping the world, saving the world. Saving the world, baby. Good happy.